0: This is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered focus, decisive action, and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on marketing, and my guest is a legendary marketing genius, Joe Sugarman. What do you, the Blue Blocker sunglasses, pocket calculator, 1-800 numbers, pay-by-credit card, the infomercial all have in common? That's the legendary marketing genius and the originator. Joe Sugarman. To reach Joe, go to his website, STEM120.com. Enjoy!
1: I like to write. I love to write. I I learned how to write when I was in grammar school, and the teacher gave everybody an assignment to read to the class. Uh, In other words, write something and then read it to the class. And I wrote something that was really funny because it made fun of the teacher. And when I got up and read it, the class just cracked up and the teacher didn't look too happy, but the class really liked it. And I, I, I got such great feelings from that, great feedback, so that I just started to write. I, I, I wrote every chance I could, and I, like I said, I joined the school newspaper. And then when I went off to college, I actually uh, wrote uh, advertisements uh, for various stores because they didn't know how to communicate with the students. So writing was always in the, my background, and and uh, really enjoyed it, and really. Uh, I got a lot of satisfaction and got a lot of results especially for example with the advertising I used to write these ads and they were just totally off the wall totally different out of the box but the kids loved them and the and the, the store owners that I represented while I was in college um they uh they they paid me uh well they didn't pay me actually I had a restaurant for example they gave me ribs and chicken uh, That was my I can go there anytime I wanted to and have ribs or chicken uh, then uh clothing store i I worked for, and then they they gave me clothes they gave me credit for clothes anyway, I was the best dressed best fat guy on campus <laughs> and uh, it was all because of my writing and uh so it, that, that's how I actually got started
0: wow and uh you was it, what was it you actually wanted to do with that writing, or was it something entirely different that you wanted to do once you got out of uh the high school?
1: Well, it's interesting. Uh, I got out of high school. I was supposed to go to college, and um, I, I, I wanted to take uh, journalism in college. So I enrolled at the University of Miami in journalism, and then I decided I'd take a break because the University of Illinois, uh, uh, the University of Illinois is where I registered, the University of Illinois did not allow cars the first year. So I said, well, I'm going to take a trip down to Florida, visit some relatives of mine, and really... You know, just uh, hang out with them for a little bit and come back and go to school. So I went down to uh, to Miami and my cousin showed me the University of Miami and she said that that's where I go and you should really go here and blah, blah, blah. So I called my parents and I said, uh, please, I said, I'd said i love to go to uh, the University of Miami. Uh, but my father said, well, you got to take a serious subject. Journalism is not a very serious subject. Oh. So I said, well, what do you want me to take? And he says, I want you to take electrical engineering. So I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so oh, wow. I, I took electrical engineering, was in electrical engineering for three and a half years. I had excellent grades. I was in ROTC, the Reserve Officer Training Corps. I was going to be a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army because I was training for that the whole time I was in college. And then I got a draft notice and the draft notice asked me to go to, uh, told me I had a report for boot camp. And, uh, anyway, that was a little bit of a shock. I try to uh, appeal it because after all, I'd be an officer in one semester. My grades were good. I'd be an electrical engineer. Anyway, to make a long story short, they refused. I went off to boot camp. They gave everybody a test at boot camp. There were 2,000 soldiers. And I took the test and I got probably one of the highest scores in the school, in the, uh, in the company because of all the background I had at school. So the next thing I know, they called me into a private little office with two guys in civilian clothes and the commanding general. And the, and the commanding general says, uh, Mr. Sugarman, you uh, uh, are eligible for Army intelligence, and these two gentlemen would like to talk to you. And they, they talked to me, and I said, well, what does it entail? I said, we send you to spy school. You become a spy. And, uh, you know, they, we teach you how to spy and how to handle agents and you know, all that kind of stuff. And then, and then we send you off to some foreign country. Uh, some foreign place where we'll teach you the language of that country and uh, you'll operate in that country in civilian clothes. And I thought, well, that, that sounds terrific. What's the catch? And they said, well, you have to enroll for an extra year. So that meant three years. And I went through that whole thing and they sent me off to, uh, to uh, Germany. Uh, and actually, that was a funny story, too. Um, when I went to the spy school, uh, they had a very large washroom uh, area where on one side were sinks and the other side were showers. And in the middle was a very, a very powerful big fan. And it was in the middle of winter and that fan was running because if it didn't, the mirrors would get all fogged up. Mm-hmm. But if you were trying to take a shower, it was miserable because it was so cold. So I, one night, went out and got some uh, materials uh, and... Uh, made up a sign that looked like a military sign. And it said, anybody turning the switch on or off will be subject to Part 407 of the Military Justice Act and will be dismissed from the school. And I posted it right next to the fan. So the next day when I went into the bathroom there, I just shut off the fan and uh, took my shower, a real long one. All the mirrors are getting fogged up, but nobody's going to touch that switch, right? And uh, I, I was able to get away with this for about three weeks. And then finally, the commanding general of the school called me into his office and, and told me point blank. He says, "I understand you've been violating Part 407 of the Military Justice Act.
0: Oh my what do you have
1: to say for yourself?" And I, I, I was caught between a rock and a hard place. I said, "I decided to tell the truth." So I told him the told the story, and uh, halfway through, he's laughing and he says, "Sugarman, we need people like you in military intelligence. I got a great cushy assignment for you in Germany." So he sent. He says, uh, "We're going to teach you a." the German language, and you're going to spend your time there, and you're going to be in civilian clothes, and you're going to really be have a responsible position. So that's what they did. They sent me there, and I was there for three and a half years. I worked with the CIA and military intelligence and uh, got out. and And by the way, I just have to inject one thing. I am the biggest failure you'll ever interview. I guarantee you I have failed more times than anybody else. Uh, so I just want to set that straight, that everything that I touched didn't turn to gold. I'm just going over some of the highlights. But anyway, I, I went back. Uh, while I was in Europe, I met some people who wanted to start a ski lift company selling ski lifts. And I got a hold of a buddy of mine from college, and we, we formed a company. And my job was writing the advertisements for our ski lift company, and his job was installing them and, and uh, selling them. So we worked together, and the ski resorts were so impressed with our advertising, they asked me to write ads for them, which I did. And then I did a lot of poli- – I was in Chicago. I did a lot of political accounts as well. I did the gubernatorial race, the Senate, uh, the, the uh, uh state's attorney's race. I did – uh very And I did very well, by the way. I got like 85% of my candidates won, and I was getting a great reputation. However, that was Chicago politics, and about half those people went to jail. You know, that's oh my, my fault. But anyway, so um, did that for a while, and then one day I'm reading Business Week, the magazine, and I read in there that they're coming out with a pocket calculator with an integrated circuit from Texas Instruments manufactured by a company called BOMAR Using the Craig Corporation name on the the model that would be the brand, mm-hmm. and I, I was really interested in that. It sounded like a great gadget, and I loved gadgets. and I figured, you know, I could sell that because when I had my ad agency, I had um, one of my accounts was in electronics, and so I actually tore out that article and brought it to him and said, "Hey, this would be a great great product," and he said, "Who'd pay two hundred and forty dollars? That's what it cost at the time."
0: For yeah. something that
1: added, subtracted, multiplied, and divided, that's ridiculous. So I said, well, you know, and he said, oh, and then he said, well, why don't you do it yourself? And I said, you know, I might. I go back and I get a bunch of my friends, myself, my family, relatives, everybody, and I raised $12,000. The, and the deal I had with them was that they would double their money. When they doubled their money, they'd be out. Mm-hmm. My goal was to double their money. So I rented uh, like 10 mailing lists. I created a really nice brochure, and I didn't realize that, oh, by the way, before I did this, of course, I got permission from Craig Corporation. Their salesman happened to be in town, and they could—they were having a rough time selling them. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I could do a good job. And uh, so they agreed to supply me with the product, and we were the first in the country to offer the pocket calculator. Wow. Uh, and uh, so we did that, um, and uh, I, as I said, I raised that money, and we ran an ad and it failed. I lost half the money, and I was really concerned about it. But I did one thing that was really clever. I tested ten different mailing lists, and I knew which mailing list worked and which ones didn't. Mm-hmm. And and it really surprised me because I didn't think the one that worked would have worked, but it did. And I uh, anyway, two of them worked, and so I went back to my investors and I said, "Look, I, I, two of the lists worked. Uh, let me." Continue. I know we lost half the money, but let me continue. I think this thing would work. And my friend, my all, this, all my friends said, "Well, okay, go ahead." But in the meantime, Craig Corporation dropped the price of the calculator. They said it wasn't selling, so they dropped it to one hundred and forty dollars. And so, with the, uh, the new low price and with the right mailing list, I went out again, and it was a huge success. And I, I sold oh, I don't know, thousands of. And then I took out ads in the Wall Street Journal and uh big full page ads. Well, I didn't realize at the time, but advertising mail order advertising at the time was just you 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 show the price, you show the product, it was like 995 and that was it. Nobody had really wordy ads like we had and it was really the start of some tr- of, of a trend at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we did that for uh, uh for a while and then all the other like Sears and J.C. Penney and Montgomery Wards and all these different major uh, box stores started seeing our ads and demanding product from Craig. And since Craig was supplying them with other products, stereo equipment and so forth, they started sending them the product. In other words, we created our own competition because of all the advertising we did. So we just then went out and got other calculators. Uh, There were other companies coming out. And uh, then, in about 1973, this all, by the way, started in about 71. In about 1973, I had this philosophy: every problem has a, a, a let's see, every problem uh, uh, has within it an opportunity so great it dwarfs the problem. And I had a problem at the time; it was illegal to take an order over the telephone. Unless you had a customer's signature, you, you had to have that customer's signature. So if somebody called up and wanted to order a calculator, I, could, I, I couldn't sell it to them because I, they had to have to fill out a coupon and send me the coupon. And every time I'd run an ad, I'd have to wait about 10 days to determine whether or not an ad was successful because I had to wait for those coupons to come in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I would get occasionally calls from people who would uh, say to me, Oh, Joe, I need the calculator in a few days. I can't wait. I can't wait to send you an order form. Please send it to me. Just sign my name. So I would do that, and I did this for like six months, and it was totally illegal, but I did it. But I never got into any trouble. Nobody ever tried to rip me off, and I said, Well, listen, this, maybe I could expand this. This sounds like it might work if you know toll free numbers had just come out so I, I called bell systems and i got a whole bunch of toll free numbers and then i called uh I, I hired some operators and uh we ran this ad and in 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 the coupon very small type i put in credit card buyers called toll free and by noon the next day we were like sold out everything it was the most successful ad i'd ever run and i said my god this thing is tremendous so i got to do this again so i did it again with another product another calculator and it too was hugely successful well i did this now for six months and finally i get a call from bell systems and the guy calls me up and he says mr sugarman uh, we know what you've been doing and i said oh my goodness what do you mean he says well we know you're taking orders using the toll our toll-free lines and uh, charging credit cards and and uh, so forth and so on and we see that you've been quite successful and i said well yeah, that's true. I didn't want to lie. I said, I but I think the credit card company should change their rules. And he said, well, they have. As a result of your success, we got together with them and they've changed the rules. You can now take credit card orders over the phone legally. And we just want to take you, your story and how successful you are and run a big ad in the Wall Street Journal. So that that's what they did. They ran this big ad and they were talk, you know, talking about how successful we were and, and uh, and that started the trend of toll-free numbers. And pretty soon, the catalogs started to succeed beyond their previous success because now it was a lot easier for people to order. And then call centers opened up and fulfillment houses opened up. So it created a whole new industry. And it kind of followed my philosophy. If you, if you want to be successful, you follow the rules and you you learn the rules, I should say, and you follow them one by one. But if you want to be super successful, you learn all the rules, And you break them one by one, and so my life has been breaking the rules, or doing things out of the box, or doing things different, or doing things that make sense, that are practical, that that really should be done. Um, So anyway, that that was the uh, that was the start of uh, the toll-free number. Now that was 1973. Wow. And and uh, we were we're running our full-page ads with toll-free numbers nationwide. And then I heard that uh, the government had passed regulations allowing infomercials. And so we created one for a a product that I had uh, tested and that had worked really well. It was designed for NASA. Those were the blue blocker sunglasses. And they were designed for NASA for the space program. And uh, the company was making it when it was going out of business.
0: What year was this? This was
1: 1986. okay. And, uh, so the company was going out of business, and, uh, they, they, uh, the the guy that represented them told me that you shouldn't even bother with them, and, but I tried the sunglasses on, and I was really impressed. Everything seemed sharper, clearer, and uh, not only that, I wasn't squinting. It was, I said, these things are amazing. And he explained, they were made for the space program because the astronauts really have a lot of problem with light and, and ultraviolet radiation and even blue light, and so these sunglasses also block blue light, and that was really important.
0: And blue light is
1: blue light is uh, when you see well when you see the various colors. If you see blue, you're seeing blue light. Okay. Uh, and uh, we only see in a few colors. One of them's blue. One of them's red. I think there's right. yellow. Mm-hmm. And our brain mixes them all together. So if you block the blue light, that part of the spectrum... By the way, blue light is right next to ultraviolet light on the spectrum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it stands to reason that uh, some of that spillover would affect people. Well, they've proven that blue light is bad for eyesight and it causes a number of diseases,
0: mm-hmm.
1: including macular degeneration and retinitis pigmentosa and a few others. And uh, so it's it's not a uh you want to be able to block blue light and of course it prevents squinting and it uh things appear sharper and clearer so all of those advantages so i i didn't think much of it because the company was going out of business and was made for nasa and the, the sunglasses were selling for a fortune so i went back to my uh office in chicago and um, we were doing a eight-page insert for United Airlines, and one of the products in the insert uh, fell off, fell through because the company went bankrupt. Hmm. So I had to come up with an ad within two days. I, I could source the product. I had a couple months, but I had to come up with an ad within two days. So uh, what I did was I, uh, I called up my friend. I said, please send me a pair of that, those sunglasses. I'll figure out a, a place and a way to make them. I just got to get it into this catalog. So he sent me the pair. Within a couple of days, I had an ad already completed. And I ran it in the uh, airline magazines, and uh, especially United. And it was such a success, I couldn't believe it. It was the most successful product I'd ever sold. Mm-hmm. So I took that product and uh, I uh, nationally advertised it in all the magazines I could get my hands on. And then shortly after that, uh, the government uh, decided they were going to would allow half-hour commercials. And uh, I had done so well with the print campaign. Uh, in the mailer ads, I sold uh, like a hundred thousand, hundred thousand pair, and uh, I did very well. Uh, but however, when I started using infomercials to sell a product, and everybody thought I was crazy. How could you sell a pair of sunglasses, uh, you know, for a half hour? Uh, well, we st- we did that, and we sold it. We were selling a hundred thousand pair a month, not not mm-hmm. just over six, not over six or eight months, but over a month.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, boy, that- and then we built it up to like we were selling three hundred thousand pair a month. We were selling them all over the world, and today we we sold about oh twenty million pair. And believe it or not, it's our twenty fifth anniversary. This is the anniversary of uh, this year is the anniversary of our blue blocker sunglasses that was eighty six until now.
0: Awesome. Twenty-five years. In your copywriting and your, uh, I, was, I was, I've been looking at some of the things that you had had uh, actually pioneered. Your very short headlines, your hook. Um, you know, I, I saw an old ad of yours, Pickle Power. I saw that. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting how you have a play on words where you, you have this headline and it grabs. People's attention. And even when you were doing the credit cards, uh, you know, credit card buyers uh, call toll free. um, Can you talk a little bit about the play on words that actually grab the audience's attention? That's really inventive.
1: Well, the whole idea is you come up with a headline that grabs their attention so that they read the subheadline. And then when they read the subheadline, you want to make that subheadline so interesting and such curiosity that they're going to reap they're going to go down to that first sentence. And once they read that first sentence, you want to make it so compelling that they're going to read the second and the third. And science has proven that if you get people to read the first two paragraphs of the long ad, chances are they're going to read the whole thing. And chances are they're going to buy. And we proved that. And so that was the basis uh, That was the basis of, uh, of uh, the, the idea of the, the strong headline. Now, some of the headlines... Uh, uh, yeah they were really you know curiosity building uh fickle power i mean you had to read the subheading
0: mm-hmm. and if you read
1: the subheading you'd have to read the uh the headline the uh if you read the subheading you had to, you had to start reading the the uh
0: mm-hmm. the, the first sentence
1: yeah and, and, and I always constructed the first sentence so it was so compelling you had to read the second and yeah there's a lot of ads that i've written um uh, that used to, you read the headlines and you just got to read the subheadline i've had People tell me they've read the entire ad. They weren't interested in my product, but they were so compelled to read the ad that they, that they wasted all that time reading it, and they were complaining to me. You know, It was funny. They, they were doing that as a compliment, but uh, I, I've gotten letters like that.
0: Awesome. You also have your book, Triggers, which uh, I find very intriguing. And You talk about the importance of storytelling, even if uh, it has nothing to do with the actual product. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, um, people love stories. They really do. I mean, if you're, uh, I've given many speeches and I'll get up there and I'll start telling a story and you can see the attention of the audience, they're just wrapped attention because they're, 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 but then if you get off uh, telling stories and you start preaching and teaching different things, they're, they're, their minds kind of drift, but then you get back to a story again and boy they're really focused. So it's, it, the important thing is, I've always said that it's not important when the first few paragraphs that you sell anything or talk about any benefits. Just tell a story to get people to read those first two uh, paragraphs. Uh, Blue Blocker was a good example. We started out with an ad that basically said, uh, that told the story of how I met my friend in, uh, actually it was California, when I discovered the sunglasses and uh, how we explain the advantages and all this kind of stuff I told it in a story format
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and in a sense advertising should be should really be entertainment my blue blocker commercials were all entertaining you were you laughed you 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 were uh, really interested in what what these people the reaction that these people would have that uh, tried the sunglasses I mean it was it was entertainment, and that's what I try to do in, in all of my ads. And I had a reputation when I was doing all these mail order ads uh, for for really providing uh, something that was really different in the marketplace. Nobody had ever done this before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's inventive. I um, if you go on YouTube, and I had to. Somebody told me that there was a blue blocker app. I said, "You got to be kidding." They said, "No, go go Google it," and I did. And I'm. Um, I was I was looking at uh, that ad and I'm like, well, gee, even if that played today, you could sell a whole bunch of glasses.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you know what's funny? Uh, We're we're doing a 25th anniversary infomercial, and Uh that uh, that rap song is in that infomercial, and also all of the various uh, 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 segments that we did throughout the years, including some new stuff that's never been never been played on TV. So it should be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it does. And we'll also be using the internet because there's some parts of that that could go viral and, and we're looking forward to doing that as well.
0: Almost oh, definitely. Um, I was looking at some of the things that, uh, uh JSNA uh, companies' uh, products are and you have your Blue Blocker of course, but you have your Madeira XL Signals STEM 120. Can you talk a little bit about the future of uh, your companies here? A yeah. Lot. Well, so
1: interesting. <laughs> well, you know, I had uh, Blue Blocker. After Blue Blocker became such a success, and only you know, within a few years, I said, you know, I'm going to drop all my electronics products, and I'm just going to focus on Blue Blocker. And that's mm-hmm. what I did, and I did that for a number of years. And uh, uh, you could have the greatest product. You could have all the money behind you. You could have everything. But if you don't have marketing, then you don't have anything. And so uh, I would always. Everybody would. Have, a lot of people would. I should say a lot of people would come to me with products who needed marketing, and I, you know, appreciated all of that. But I, I told these people that I really wasn't interested in doing that. Well, uh, some company came to me, and they had a product that just absolutely. I said, "This is it," because I could help millions of people, and it was. It was compounds and products that. Uh, reverse aging, uh, heal, uh, uh, do everything from grow hair to, uh, I mean, you name it. This was a series of products that, uh, uh, just blew me away. I mean, uh, and so I decided I'd investigate them, and I did. And then we, I sent the compounds to a lab, and the lab reviewed them, and they came up with the concept that, uh, my goodness, these, these products are the most sensational. For example, the lab that uh, does L'Oreal. L'Oreal might have uh, a product, and they they, they they do what they call a gene chip analysis, and they'll test maybe 40 compounds, let's say, from L'Oreal. And of the 40, if one or two affects a gene, they'll build a cosmetic line around it. Well, we submitted only seven compounds, not 40, but seven. And of the seven we submitted, the, the testing lab could not believe the results because we affected, of the 150, for example, skin genes, we affected half of them, roughly 75. And uh, that was so unprecedented and so unusual. And one of the compounds affected 22 genes, which was our anti-aging compound. And so... Uh, uh, I mean, I do. I, I just worked out. I do 25 chin-ups, and I attribute it to a product we have called Trigger. Mm-hmm. And Trigger is a product that gives you extra energy and strength. It's not. It's not like the five-hour energy. that has no caffeine, no sugar, and it's really good for your heart. And mm-hmm. it gives you the, like the stamina and, and strength. And uh, for. A guy my age. I'm 73 today. By the way, today's my birthday.
0: Happy birthday! <laughs> Thank you.
1: Uh, for a guy 73 to do even five chin-ups is pretty good, but uh, to do 25, and these are full chin-ups, all the way up, all the way down. So, um, so anyway, that uh, the, so these are the products. And if, if people are interested in, in in finding out more about these products, they can go to uh, STEM. That's S T E 120.com. com. At stem120.com, and uh, you can see there. Are th- I think there are three or four products that are being offered there, and we're developing products. Uh, it's taken us five years, by the way, with all the safety testing and all the testing you have to do in order to be uh, to provide t- t- the the safety of a particular product. But everything has been proven to be very, very effective and very successful, and and we're helping millions of people, and we will help millions in the future. So I'm really excited about that, and yeah, I'm back in business again. But I'm, I'm the biggest customer for for our products because I mean I use them all the time, and I, I'm just very impressed, and I, I, I I'm happy to share this with with people.
0: Awesome. You know, you talked about uh, you being on Earth, uh, 73 73 years young. And, you know, what are some of your secrets? How do you keep looking young and and, uh, doing things that you do? Because a lot of people are going to want to know what's going on here.
1: (laughs) Well, it's it's really interesting. Um, uh, When I was in my 20s, I would give up one item that I felt wasn't really good for me, Mm -hmm. and I'd give it up for the rest of my life. And the first thing I gave up was cola, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, all the sugary drinks. Have never had one ever since. And then the next year I gave up, uh, uh, smoking. Not smoking, I never smoked. uh, uh what am I trying to say? I gave up, uh, coffee. <laughs> and I never, uh, since, the, since my twenties I've never had a cup of coffee again. Uh, I gave up, uh, alcohol. I don't, do not drink alcohol at all. Uh, and it goes on and on. well, I find out that a lot of these things and by the way, I only did this for like seven years mm-hmm. and, uh, and and because then I was running out of <laughs> I was running out of items that I felt were not good for me. I even mm-hmm. gave up pizza because I didn't think pizza was very very good. Mm-hmm. but anyway to make to make a long story short, I gave up all that pro- those products and I find out later in years like right now that uh, sure all these sugary drinks, all this tobacco, all this not tobacco. I keep saying tobacco. But uh, it I'll is tell you, bad for you. <laughs> it's well, No, no. Well, anyway, I, I did. I never smoked, never drank, and mm-hmm. ever since my twenties, I was really careful what I ate. Now, I mentioned tobacco. We sell a product called uh, Modera XL. Mm-hmm. And Modera, uh, if you if you smoke or if you drink or if you, you know, drink alcohol or if you take drugs, this will get you off of them. This helps in the recovery process uh, it, it it what this product is is really neurotrans it re- re- it's really vitamins for the brain. Mm-hmm. It it replaces the neurotransmitters that are destroyed from smoking alcohol and drugs. And uh it, it's really a great product. Now, I take it because uh I don't have any addictions, but I thought uh, if it if it's you know vitamins for the brain, why not? So I've been taking that but people who who have these addictions like especially smoking They'll start taking this product and they will just do very, very well with it. They'll, they'll get off their smoking. They'll get down to one or two cigarettes a day and then, then break the habit. It helps you reduce the addiction. Uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's another one of the great products we have. The other thing is I exercise, uh, I mentioned I did 25 chin-ups. I, I, I work out every other day or every third day. Um, I take uh, vitamins, supplements, uh, there are a lot of supplements that are really important for you and that you should take because it, it does help balance your body and, and, and give you uh, uh, health and, and, and provide good nutrition. And you know, uh, our, my, my thought is that within the next 10 to 15 years, we should have, the science is moving so quickly that we should have, we should be able to live to 120 and we should also be able to have the cure for just about every disease. And I really believe that, and I, uh, I I see the progress not only with our company. Our company is doing very well, but I'm talking about just in general, the, the way science is discovering some of these uh, uh, solutions for disease and, and how we're able to control things that uh, years ago we, we, people just passed away from it.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, um, in some of your interviews, I I heard you say that uh, what you focus on expands. If you, uh, you know, focus on your health, uh, you know, you could get healthier. If you focused on, you know, personal development, well, that that in in business, that could expand. But when it came to money, I like what you said. You have to focus on helping people. And many times people will want to interview people who are highly successful and just talk about uh, all the perks. They want to talk about those types of things, but they don't really get that. You know, most people who are successful are in the business of helping other people. They're doing something they really love. Can you speak to that? And that's so important.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I get up in front of an audience and I I, I talk about that. I say. Uh, uh, yeah, I say that if you uh, there's a spiritual principle that says whatever yeah whatever you focus on expands. So if you focus on your business, it'll expand. If you focus on good health, your health will get better. What happens when you focus on money? And everybody says, oh, you make a lot of money. And I said, no, no, money is a symbol. Money is a symbol for work and effort. And what expands is all the work and the effort. If you want to make a lot of money, what you do is you help others and that could be by providing a really good product it could be by explaining something uh, in greater detail so people understand something uh it could be by contributing uh, your time and your effort and even your money to help people and help situations and 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 so that, that that's really where it's at and that's been my whole philosophy my whole life actually anything i can do to help others to help people to educate them to uh, even if it's to educate them to buy my product which is a very good product let's say so that's been the philosophy that I've been uh, operating under, and, and uh, it's been, very, of course, very successful for me. And uh, I just, uh, and the other thing I really do want to mention is uh, the my philosophy has also been to never give up, never give up. And uh, a lot of people they get burned once or twice, and they say, I, I'm, "I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this anymore." And the idea is just to never give up because of all the failures I've made. All you need are a few successes, and boy, that that's all it takes.
0: Thanks so much, Jeff.
1: Well, Sabrina Marie, thank you very much for having
0: me.